Before we get started, I wanted to let you know about our monthly membership called the High Risers Club. Building upon the foundation of our program, Commercial Real Estate for Residential Realtors, the High Risers Club is designed to help members gain a more expansive knowledge of and confidence around the most important aspects of commercial real estate. Each month, we'll take a deep dive into one specific commercial real estate topic, and you can join me and my team live every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time to learn and answer your questions. To sign up, click the link in the show notes or go to coachjeffwright.com slash the High Risers Club. Hi, this is Coach Jeff Wright. And in my podcast, Commercial Real Estate for Residential Realtors, we will take a deep dive with industry experts into different aspects of commercial real estate. My ultimate goal is to give you the knowledge, confidence, and belief that you can transact commercial real estate at a high level, just like you do with residential real estate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Commercial Real Estate for Residential Realtors. In this episode, I wanted to talk about two things. Number one, I get asked a lot from both residential and commercial agents what I think is going to happen with the market. And what I want to do is not be the prognosticator and, and talk about what I think. I want to talk to you about the fundamentals of both residential and commercial real estate so that going forward, everyone can start to assess where they think markets are going to go. And I want to talk about those things that impact the markets. So we're going to talk about that, number one. Then the second thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about just having success and the things that I think we all need to be doing on a consistent basis to have success. So let's first talk about how we can read and understand markets. So a couple points that I want to make about it. And we'll talk about some of the similarities and we'll also talk about some of the differences to understand. So the first thing I want everyone to know is that markets are local. Markets are local. There are things that are going to happen in California that aren't going to happen in Connecticut. There's going to be things that happen in Ohio that aren't going to happen in Florida. So first and foremost, we need to understand that markets are local. The second thing to understand is that every market has their own opportunities. It could be as simply because the market is really good. Prices are going up. There's opportunity to invest and get good returns. Or the opportunity may be because overall the economy's challenged, the market's challenged, and someone has the opportunity to buy things at a discount. Again, every market has its own opportunities. The next thing that's really important to understand is that if residential is strong or weak, it does not mean that commercial is going to follow the exact same pattern. Even further with commercial first, understand that you could have a property type, you could have multifamily that's really strong, and you can have office that's really weak. And when we looked at, you know, when the pandemic hit, that was the classic example. 
is that there were people leaving cities to go to suburban communities. And if those suburban communities had multifamily housing or housing, those markets were really strong for that. And yet at the same time, office markets in the city became very challenged overall because of people not going into the city. So it's really important to understand that they don't follow exactly the same pattern, especially by property type. They don't follow the same pattern. Now, how you evaluate whether a market's going to be strong or not is also there are similarities and there are differences. So let's just talk about some of the similarities is that if interest rates are lower, it's good for both residential and commercial. If inflation is under control, it's good for both residential and commercial. If wages are doing normal increase where affordability is going up, it's good for both. So there are absolutely similarities across the board. But the way that people evaluate things residentially and commercially are different. So let's just talk a little bit about that. First and foremost with the residential, we talk about supply and demand. And it's said that if there's inventory between five and six months of inventory in residential real estate, that's what we call a balanced market. It's balanced where the seller doesn't have an advantage or the buyer doesn't have an advantage. But, and this is the indicators for us to understand, if our inventory is less than that five months, it's to the seller's advantage because there is less inventory out there. Now, conversely, if the inventory is greater than six months, it's to the buyer's advantage because there's more inventory sitting and people want to move product. So that's number one on the residential side that we've got to think about and just understand when we're reading a market residentially. The second thing we want to read residentially is what I call affordability because the affordability is a big deal in terms of the market. And there's certain things that go into affordability. Obviously, just what is the, you know, we'll call it a median price in a certain market area. What kind of price does someone have to pay? Because obviously, if they're buying real estate in different parts of the country, the pricing is very different. So the affordability index is really important. So what is the price? What is the interest rates? What's going on overall with wages? Because all of that impacts our affordability. So when we're looking at residential, the supply and demand's a huge deal for residential. The affordability is a huge deal for residential. Now, we also are impacted residential by inflation. I mean, it impacts residential and commercial, but we're focused on residential now. So inflation, whether it's good or bad, high or low, 
will impact what's going on with the market. Because if inflation obviously is going up, then what will go with that is interest rates will go up. And again, that will challenge the affordability. And in many times, if people had lower interest rates that has happened in the recent years, they won't want to sell their properties or give up those lower rates for buyer rates, higher rates. So again, inflation, interest rates, all the things tied to affordability really impact the residential world. But what we need to understand as market experts is that even if the residential affordability, if the interest rates are up, the history of our country says that buying real estate long-term is the way to really create wealth. Values in, in the United States have gone up in certain market areas 200%, 250%, 300% across the country. So what I say to somebody in evaluating a market, what's really more important is to find a way for buyers to get in the game because the difference in wealth between somebody who owns a home and somebody who rents property is a dramatic difference in their own individual wealth, literally dramatic difference. So what we talk about is I want to remind people there's an expression that you want to, even if the affordability of the interest rates are higher, you want to be able to, if you can, buy your house you can afford to you can afford the payments so you want to i call it marry the house and date the rate because you can always refinance you can always refinance so when we're looking at markets and we're looking at saying what's going on the first thing we do is we assess supply and demand second thing we do is we assess affordability and if supply and demand is balanced or if supply and demand is below the balance, meaning there's less inventory, that market's going to be stronger, especially if the affordability is in line, if the affordability is in line. So to me, those are the real keys. Now, there are other things that factor. There's clearly natural disasters that factor. We know that we went through the pandemic. There was this freeze not knowing what was going to happen. There's global things. I mean, war can impact what's going on. But overall, in a residential market, it really starts with supply and demand and affordability. Those are the keys to assess what's going to go on. Now, let's turn to commercial. Commercial looks at similar things. Interest rates, inflation, play a big deal. They're actually, in my mind, a bigger impact on the commercial market when interest rates go up than they are residentially. Because in the residential world, it's can they afford that payment and they know they can refinance if those rates go down. In the commercial world, those loan terms, they don't go for 30 years. They're locked in for five years or seven years or 10 years, or they reset at the five-year mark. So interest rates play a much bigger deal in the commercial world.
overall, much bigger deal. Supply and demand play a role, but supply and demand, again, by property type, could be very different. As we've seen in history of our country, you could have times when, as I said earlier, the office segment is has a very big um, vacancy rate because we really talk in terms of vacancy rates more than we talk about supply and demand overall. We really talk about vacancy rates. So you could have a high vacancy rate for office and a very low vacancy rate for retail or multis. So it depends on the product type that someone's looking at. But the next thing with commercial that's a real big deal tied to what the interest rates are is that someone, when they're purchasing commercial real estate, they're looking at the numbers. They're looking at the cash flow. They're looking at their returns. So the commercial market is in competition with what else can you do with your money? And can you get a safer or better return? So, you know, if CDs are giving you a 5 or 6% return, and those are guaranteed returns, can you get that or more if you owned an asset with tenants? And that's part of just what the assessment that takes place overall when you're looking at the commercial markets. So it's really important to understand what I said earlier is that the interest rates really impact because when an investor is looking at a deal, they're looking to say, if I want a certain return and that return is 6% or 7% or 8%, and if the interest rates were 3% like we've had over the last years, you know, and literally in 2021, 22, if you look at that and you say the deal they're buying is 6% return and the interest rate's only three or 4%, there's a gap there where there's going to be positive cash flow. But if the interest rates jump up like they have done, at certain times, and those interest rates go to six and a half or seven percent, that same deal now, that cash flow is literally could be a negative cash flow or no cash flow at all. The next thing to understand with commercial is the impact overall of just expenses. So when I look at what has happened from a hurricane standpoint, and we look at the amount of damage literally you're looking at interest rates or you're looking at premiums for insurance have gone up over the last five years, literally between 25 and 30% cumulatively because we've had in hurricane damages alone, we've had as high as $165 billion in different damages. So on the commercial end, those expenses are passed right on. Those insurance for multifamily buildings, depending on where they are. Are they somewhere in the country where hurricanes have a greater chance of occurring? So expenses on the commercial side play more of an impact. 
if rates aren't going up, if you're in a market where there's a higher vacancy and those rates are not going up for what the tenants are paying, and yet wages are going up for a management company, or if you have workers working some of your office buildings or retails that you're paying and their wages are going up, all those expenses impact the overall value of the property. Because again, commercial real estate is based on, we take that net operating income, we take the income minus the expenses, and we take that number and apply a cap rate for our value. So as those expenses go up, our value goes down across the board. So residential and commercially similar things, but very different things when we're looking at it overall. Now, the next thing I wanted to talk about is I just wanted to highlight for everybody the rules I think for success, whether you're a residential or commercial agent, do not change. They don't change. I think number first and foremost, we've got to be a market expert first and foremost. You've got to know your market. You've got to know what's going on both residentially, or if you're doing commercial, what's going on different property types, you've got to know your market. The second thing is you've got to be an A-plus student. You've really got to be able to advise your clients. You've got to really understand all the dynamics of what will allow a deal to get done or to get done well. You, you just got to be an A-plus student what you're doing. In order to have success, you've got to always remember, we've got to always be creating business. So I call it, you've got to be a hunter. You've got to be prospecting. You've got to be out there touching people in terms of just with contacts and telling people what's going on in those markets because people don't understand in every market there's opportunities. People don't understand if they can afford the house, they should marry the house and date the rate because they can refinance. The next thing we've got to do, and that's is always think about providing value and doing a great job. And that providing value is when you're an A-plus student and you can educate and you can teach them about why they should do whatever they're doing. That's just a huge deal. Next, I say, is to build a network. You've got to continue in that prospecting, hunting world is build a network both of clients, people that you can keep building your success, but also a network of people that will assist you in the process. Great lawyers, great lenders, great inspectors, people that are on your team to help those clients. The next thing I say is if you are looking to do commercial real estate and you're a residential agent, you cannot be an either residential or commercial a secret agent. If you're going to do commercial and you're studying and you're doing our high risers club, you're taking the course, you need to make sure that you're telling people, tell them in your email signature, tell them in your text signature, tell them on your website that you handle commercial investment in residential real estate. The next thing to have success is we all have to have a plan, a plan that I believe needs to be in writing, that we need to look at every day, that we need to execute and follow to be able to have success. In that plan, you need to every day have spots that you're time blocking so that you are prospecting, you are checking on your deals, you are focusing on 
the most dollar productive activities. And to me, the most dollar productive activities are the product properties that you already have under deposit. You're trying to get to the finish line. Super, super a priority. And those people that you either have that you're representing them as sellers or you have buyer representation agreements, you have buyers that are going to buy. Those are the things you need to focus on the most productive dollar productive activities. And then you've got to be consistent with this plan, with your time blocking every day. And with that, I believe all of us can have success. As I ask our guests when we do this, you know, the question I always ask them at the end of the podcast is, do they believe that a residential agent can have success in commercial real estate? And I'm here to tell you, I absolutely believe each and every one of you can have success. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Commercial Real Estate for Residential Realtors. As a reminder, please subscribe to this podcast to receive new episodes as soon as they are released. For more information on me, my team, and my educational programs, visit my website at www.coachjeffwright.com. Thank you for listening, and here's to your success.